Welcome into the Full Tilt Podcast Network. This is the uh, the fantasy walkabout. I almost forgot what show I'm on. Believe it or not, I am not Tommy T. I'm not your original or normal host. I am Dynasty Coach A. I am the host of the Full Tilt Devi Podcast. But Tommy T had some computer issues, and so I went ahead and uh, and took over for him tonight. Hopefully, we can uh, get through without too many hiccups here. <laughs> but like I said, this is the Fantasy Walkabout brought to you by uh, Fantasy Points. And I just wanted to go ahead and get this out of the way before we got started. But right now, you can save 30% off of your 2023 Fantasy Points subscription by taking advantage of the Super Early Bird Special at fantasypoints.com and just mentioning that you're you know that you listened or you heard about it from the full tilt dynasty podcast or the full tilt dynasty podcast network and obviously talk about the fantasy walkabout so that's going to bring us to uh, I guess I will go ahead and bring in Tom Lee. I, I don't know exactly how the show works. I don't know if he brings you in first and we talk or, or we get sure there dive right into the hot takes or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> this is uh, the great irony here is that normally Australia lets us down. Even though I'm in the future, the technology over here is heavily in the past. And for a long period of time, I've been the one with computer and internet issues. And now finally Tom's getting a taste. So the great white north has finally taken him down. Um, and there is no structure to this thing. This thing just rolls on. Uh, there's hot takes, there's budgies, there's tallies. We're going to do all sorts of shit today, so it'll be a good time. Um, normally, though, when I get a co-host or when Tom puts someone in his place, not as attractive, not as good a beard, and not as good a head, head of hair. So a little disappointed <laughs> that we've got the upgrade visually today, but um, I'm sure the viewers are more than happy to see your face here as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I'm like 25 inches taller than Tommy T as well. You know, it's just the... Not, the not that anyone's here. measuring, yeah. Well, no, no, of course not, of course not. Except for you and me, yeah. And, and Toronto Dave's in the chat. What's up, uh, TD? What's up, Toronto? Yes, we're definitely going to punish some tallies. That is, uh, there's no doubt about that. So, sorry if the uh, the intro wasn't as smooth as it normally is. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm new to this whole uh, walkabout game. And, you know, we're, we have a 12-hour difference or whatever the hell we have here. So, you know, I'm trying to figure it all out. Uh, but, yeah, I and actually, I just met Tom Lee here in the background. But I wanted to start it start out. Every week, uh, Tommy T does an almost hot take of the week. And so I, I didn't want to let him down. I wanted to go ahead and, and, and do one as well. And, you know, I figured to, in, in respect for Tommy T, we should go ahead and talk about one of his favorite players in Lamar Jackson. Uh, <laughs> so I know, you know, he probably never off. brings, yeah, yeah. He, he, he never brings him up or anything like that. Uh, but <laughs> the hot take or the almost hot take of the week is going to be that. Right now is the best time to sell Lamar Jackson. Uh, obviously, well, like eight weeks ago was the best yeah. time to sell Lamar Jackson. But right window. now is the best yeah. time now to sell Lamar Jackson because he's coming back in a week or two. Um, people st are, are still talking about him starting and using him in the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. He's been terrible all season long. Uh, he he's had he had the two huge games, but it was all you know just touchdown variance and then the touchdown variance you know went away and guess what he wasn't the same he has not been the same since 2019 yet people still treat him as the mvp from 2019 this is why you need to trade him for a different qb it does, i mean i'm not even telling you who to trade him for just go take the advantage of that value right now and why is it an almost hot take because you should be doing it but it seems like you shouldn't be doing it. You know, it seems yeah. like, oh, I can't be selling Lamar Jackson. You know, I, I can't do it. He's a stud. He's a stud. 
the other things we don't even know what team he's going to be on. And I know Tommy T is going to hate this when he listens back to it, but I mean, that's, we have fun here. Uh, but <laughs> he says, Oh, if he could just get a different OC, he'd be so much better. How do we know that Greg Roman created Lamar Jackson, Greg Roman, and he's even gone. Uh, Tommy T has gone as far to say that like Greg Roman opens up the playbook when Tyler Huntley's in there, but not when Lamar Jackson's in there. Okay. So it's not a, it's not a Greg Roman problem. It's a Lamar Jackson problem. That's why I'm worried if he goes to another team, what the hell is going to happen? It could be chaos at the very least. He could lose value for a year or so. Yeah, and then and, and then you know maybe he'll come back at some point, whatever. But it just it might not be the same. It's not going to be the thirty points a week that you're expecting that kind of thing. I think that regardless of if he leaves, stays, whatever, the best days are behind Lamar Jackson. And now we have like minor injuries picking up here and there. I'm not calling him injury prone. That's definitely not why I'm saying to sell him. But I think that he still has that. People still have that mindset of he's an MVP level player, and yet he's not playing like that. And you can take advantage of it right now. So amazingly, like you said, I thought I had a Lamar free week, but you make a good point because Tom, and, and like you said, you might be disagreeing a little bit with Tom more so on, I think that he'll still be good after the fact, but Tom was saying to look at selling Lamar Jackson six to eight weeks ago on a big rant. Everyone's going, oh, it's classic, just Ravens till it's hometown. It's, you know, it's whatever glasses, but you're right because there's becoming more and more volatility and fragility around what makes him the special performer at the top tier quarterbacks. That's not to say he can't be. I'm probably not as far in the boat as, you know, it could absolutely fall away as far as the floor of his QB production. Not yet, anyway. Um, and like you said, how, what will he be like if he isn't in the same offense? Well, we, we'll never know until he isn't. You know, he could be Russ Wilson or he could be Tom Brady last year. You know, you, there's a large range of outcomes as to where you can go, Matt Stafford, all that sort of thing. Um, but it's interesting now, like you say, that, there's optimism for him returning. The hope is the narrative that you could almost use to sell this week on without having more of the same disappointment. Everyone's sort of left the disappointment of this year of the Mars so far in the past a little bit in the anticipation of him returning for the playoffs. So there could well be an opportunity to talk about and to possibly sell the Mar as we go at the moment, which is nice. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, I just I think it's one of those things where just people are so slow to react once you get to that level that you can still take advantage of, of that kind of stuff. And uh, Toronto Dave said Thomas, too. I, I mean, I definitely have heard uh, Thomas talk about it, but I think that's why it's a little different now, because eight weeks ago, it seemed pretty obvious, you know, like, oh, he, he scored 40 points on some like random touchdowns and that kind of thing. Now it's 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 less obvious, but I think you can still do it. Um, yeah, I mean, yes and no, no, right? Like, less obvious because the people but the people who were fearful became, well, a lot of them became less fearful because of the bigger games. So sort of distract and, and get away from. If you were in the mindset of, hey, I should probably move this asset soon, it was a great opportunity to. So there probably was a, a percentage that wanted to do that. But there was also a percentage who was going, no, actually, he can still do this. Let's hold. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And it hasn't quite, the ship hasn't quite corrected in any way yet. So whatever factor you call, if there's an opportunity to sell and get like good premium value and get rid of the risk factors into the off season. I'm absolutely for it, especially if it's a chance for you to compete and make sure that you've got a chance of re returning next year as well. So, Yeah. I, and, and the other thing is there's been so many quarterback injuries recently that, you know, you can probably take advantage of that as well. If he is coming back soon, which I guess, you know, people were talking about him possibly starting this week and he's obviously not, but yeah. it, it could have happened, I guess. And so, 
you know, like uh, I'm thinking, what if you could get a uh, sell Lamar for a Kyler Plus? You know, something like that. You know, those we might are the even kind talk of. Talk about that later. <laughs> oh, we might even talk mm. about that later. I like it. And then uh, Brody's in the chat. He wants to know if he's starting, if we're starting Foreman or Hubbard. It's I, really I think got to go. Yeah, yeah, it is, and it, it's definitely a lot more difficult than I would have thought about a couple weeks ago. So yeah, two weeks um, ago, Hubbard's been definitely one side. So. Yeah, Hubbard started getting some more run for sure. I still think that Foreman is the, you know, is the guy there, you know, but like I said, Hubbard's shown some explosive uh, plays and, and things like that. So you can't just write them off either. I get why it's a difficult question, why it's a dif- difficult start sit. And it kind of sucks because, you know, it's not even like two different teams where you can go, oh, the matchup yeah. or whatever. It's the same team. Like that part kind of sucks. <laughs> and it's not a good enough team that you go, oh, just start both. Um no. It's a team that one will likely have a better week than the other one. The sad part is that Hubbard looking good last week detracts from the confidence you had in Foreman's run at the end of the year. He was a very cheap, easy addition to make for a win now roster. But if Hubbard starts showing signs and they split that volume at all, it's not a strong enough offense that the touchdown upside is strong for both options. So you are against it a little bit to try and guess who it is. I still agree with you. I think Foreman is... The one probably that's going to be there, especially in any goal line opportunities. Um, and with DJ Moore banged up and a little bit sore, they may lean on the, the, the passing game a little bit more, but it's still Donald. It's still that offense. It's still yeah. yuck. And I mean, so and they're going up just, but yeah, see how you go. They're going up against Pittsburgh. I mean, they could easily be in this game to where yep. they're either winning or at least within. Yeah. Within, in uh, leading you know, by a lot, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I think that at that point it's going to be more Foreman than Hubbard. Uh, not to say that Hubbard's terrible. I, I have them both as like decent plays, but I have, I have Foreman ten spots ahead of of Hubbard yeah. right now. So I, I, I would feel comfortable. Uh, you know, I, I guess you can never truly feel comfortable about Carolina, but <laughs> I would feel somewhat comfortable with Foreman there. <laughs> All right, well, why don't we go ahead and take a quick break here, and then when we get back, we will jump into our budgie smuggler of the week if I can find a uh, a video. Here we go. we got a clip. The Tennessee Titans have fired John Robinson uh, after getting absolutely dog-walked by the player that he traded. <laughs> um, yeah. Got absolutely dog-walked by him, and this might come as a surprise, but I feel like since 2016 – his drafts have been very uh, hit or miss and more miss than hit. They can only ride Derrick Henry to so many wins. I find it hard to think that this should come as an absolute surprise. And it's not a surprise when they got absolutely fucking dog walked by the player they let go. Traylon Burks has been great. Traylon Burks has been very good as a rookie. I think paying Derrick Henry ultimately sealed his fate because that's why they had to let AJ Brown walk. All right. Can we talk about this real quick? Cause I'm a Titans fan. So this one hits close to home. I, I, I think it's just the easy way out for people to be like, Oh, it's the AJ Brown trade. That's why he got fired. It, I'm not saying it's not, and I'm not. I'm not even saying the timing and everything wasn't perfect because they got beat by AJ Brown and his team and yeah, all that. It's but a nice narrative. If but you yeah. if you really like zoom out and look at everything that happened, that has happened in the past few years, the AJ Brown trade is probably the least of their concerns. Paying Brian Tannehill the contract they paid him. I'm not. I don't even hate the Derrick Henry. I mean, uh, contract like that dude is their team. That is the team you pay yeah. Derrick Henry. You keep him there. I do not hate that by any means. 
Um, the Ryan Tannehill contract was terrible. Drafting Malik Willis was terrible. They've done nothing to help the defensive side. Their defense used to be considered that like New England Patriots level, like things like that. Now it, it's just a joke. You know, everyone can throw pass all over them, do whatever the hell they want to against the Titans. Yeah. If you if Traylon Burks isn't injured right now, I don't even think that people are talking about the AJ Brown trade because it, he's basically, you know, like arbitrage trailer or uh, AJ Brown. He he's yeah. not to that point. Of course. I'm not trying. Version. I'm yeah. not trying to you know com- completely compare them or or anything like that, but he looks like he has that kind of part to his game as well. Yeah. And so I don't think the people don't worry so much about that trade because right. Exactly. Money, but, investing back in the team. The problem is it just hasn't led to success that they really had a chance at because Tennessee's had a, a, a three or four good year run of this team looks good. It's building, it's building, it's looking yep. really good. Um, we like Frable. There's a lot positive about it. And it just almost felt like it, take, it took a large step back. And I think for me, that's probably more of a contributing factor not one or two decisions amongst the rest of it. It's, hey, we went the wrong direction. Why did that happen? Because yeah. um, people, people are talking get rebuild lazy. now as opposed to like, like it's, it seemed like it was right there and still good to go. So <laughs> and Yeah, it does. It seems like they need to go into full rebuild mode <laughs> like some of Tommy yeah. T's, uh, you know, uh, leagues. But I think that <laughs> I, I think that uh, he just, I, I, if you really zoom out, like I said, it, it seems like it's the easy way out just to look at the AJ Brown trade and say that. I, I think, you know, th- that not say it was the best decision anyone's ever made, but it definitely was not the worst decision that the GM made. Uh, there was definitely if they made that decision and it led to the type of success that we're seeing in Philadelphia, no one's questioning it the same way as they were at the time. Because right. people were concerned, why aren't they doing this with Philly? We're not sure what the offense is going to be. They come out, they start putting, they go nine and over, and it's like, oh, brilliant. Harry Roseman's a genius. Yeah. Sure. It, it'd be different if it was just <laughs> yeah. A.J. Brown that tore him up, but it was Devontae yeah. Smith that tore him it up too. It was the whole like, thing. The, yeah, the entire the defense, defense could not stop anyone. Yeah, and that is the role, right, of the GM. So that that that's that's what we're really looking at. So exactly. All right. Well, enough about a different pod. Let's get back to the walkabout here, and, and let's get into our Australian mode here. Uh, you know, I I think I I took over for you uh, one night on the walkabout, and you know, I I had to do, of course, my let's put another shrimp on the Bobby. You know, it's terrible, <laughs> but hey, that's what we do here. So why don't we get into the budgie smuggler of the week? Um, so I actually, you can go ahead and start out cause it looks like you've had a pretty good track record here. Yeah, man. We, um, we didn't start the year strong, uh, with the budgies. Like I said, I think week one, we went with Matt Ryan and it turns out that we were caught packing, packing our undies full of a lot of uh, stuffing. Um, and it was a little lean and then we had Geno Smith for a bit and that was good. Uh, and even though the show hasn't been on the last few weeks, we've still been producing the budgies. So the last time we were actually on the show, Garrett Wilson was the budgie. We went eight for 15 for 162, wide receiver none of the week. We finally had a good budgie. I'm like, okay, I'm away from the quarterbacks. We're working wide receivers. This is good. Last week, we didn't have a pod, but continued on with Devontae Smith as the budgie for the week, hoping that he could be a top 24 receiver. He was wide receiver 16. So I thought, well, you know, wide receivers are working well. Let's change that again. Let's risk the whole thing. Let's go towards the running backs. This may not come as a surprise because he's been in such good form, but Tony Pollard is my budgie of the week this week. Uh, he's been leading the backfield. He's been over 50% of the, sh- of the snap share in every week, except for the one where they blew out in the Annapolis Colts, uh, where both he and Zeke got a rest. He's in a terraform, five of the last six, over 22 PPR fantasy points. Chicago gave up the fourth most points to RBs. Pollard is a top five running back for me this week, even with everyone coming back off the bye. That is the budget of the week. And please, Tony, don't be packing your shorts with anything that is not pure stardom. Please. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Pollard's been killing it. Uh, you know, I think that Zeke has surprised people, you know, by mm. not just completely disappearing or anything like that. But <laughs> yeah. but at the same time, it hasn't really mattered. They've both they've both been producing. And I think that's kind of what the team wants. You know, they, they want them to both be there. And I've heard uh, reports of, you know, of people saying that Pollard has talked about how he's just completely winded at the end of games if he gets more than like 18 touches and stuff like that. So I don't even know if he can truly handle a, a full workload workload because, I mean, he he goes all out on every single yeah. play and he's not the biggest guy. As so. predictable what he's getting each week, he is explosive enough to make the most of those touches. Like you don't right. need six touchdowns, Joe Mixon, and then nothing for four <laughs> weeks. I will take 22 points a week, five of six weeks, every single time. Yep. I agree. Yeah. So I, I like the call there. And then uh, Tommy T, like I said, I, I took over last minute. Uh, he, <laughs> he, he had Alvin Kamara in there. I don't know why. I, I, he can explain himself at some point. Um, we'll talk a I, little bit about I, New Orleans versus Atlanta a little later on. But I'm still, I'm with you. I'm not as convinced on Kamara as Tom was. Yeah, I'm not convinced. But, you know, I, I'm from I'm from Tampa, Florida. You know, we, we have budgie smugglers in our area you know like <laughs> you go to the beach there's a beach within yeah. yeah there's a beach within 30 minutes like of any in any direction from my house and you go there and you're gonna see some budgie smugglers i know all about them but unfortunately you see quite a few of them good and bad and yes. it's not always yeah, a it's good, experience. The good and the bad <laughs> you, um but this is one that I never thought, and I did this somewhat quickly, but I never thought that I would have mentioned this name as a budgie smuggler or that I'd even be hosting the, the walkabout. But uh, here we are. I, I'm going to go ahead and talk about Isaiah Pacheco because it's just it's more about the actual matchup than anything else. Houston is absolutely terrible against the run. They basically funnel to the run. They don't yeah. like teams do not pass on them. Teams are actually the worst passing against them uh, just because teams can run all over them at all points at all time. Everyone knows, you know, I just talked about my, my Titans love and fandom. Everyone knows what Derrick Henry does to Houston every single time he plays against them. I don't know that Isaiah Pacheco is going to do that. Cause he's obviously it's not Derrick Henry. Ways. Yeah. Yeah. Slightly, <laughs> slightly, but I think that he's, you know, he's been easily getting about 16 uh, rushing attempts, you know, per week, the past four or five weeks. Um, clearly the lead back there. Obviously, Jarek McKinnon's gotten some run too, but that's more in the passing game, things like that. That's not really the rushing, which they're going to be able to do early, often, and, and everything in between. And I think he could easily break 20 rushing attempts this week and by far have one of his best games. You know, I guess the, the question is the touchdowns. You know, there's always there's always the question mark of if he's – if uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to do some like crazy pass at the goal line and stuff like that. So maybe the touchdown, you know, variance will, will lean his way this week, but I think the touches are going to be there. The yardage is going to be there regardless. And then if he gets a touchdown or two, then that's when you can get your, your 30 point week, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's rare that you can say a chiefs running back has one of the most solid floors of the week. Um, upside. Absolutely. Mahomes ruins both positively and negatively fantasy options. Uh, as far as skill position players go weekly, but yeah, opportunity-wise, it's nice to see Pacheco against the easiest Swiss cheese run defense ever. Um, and I agree with you. I think he is a great play. Top 10, probably, as an option, you reckon? Sorry, my my wife just came in. She was just taking my daughter to the or yeah, taking my daughter to the doctor. So uh, she was asking for some insurance information. But um yeah, I, I think that it's definitely a uh, a good call there. And, you know, I'm sure everyone probably at this point, there's a lot of ugly matchups, a lot of, 
ugly plays. Uh, everyone's probably playing Pacheco anyway, but I feel like you can feel pretty confident. You don't. There's definitely no stuffing in that budgie uh, this time around. <laughs> All right, uh, you ready to dive into Punish Atali? Let's do it, man. All right, so you started us out for budgie. Let's go ahead. I'll start out here and. Um, now I did not go through this list, so this is Tom's list. But he's st- he's starting Daniel Jones. Now, Daniel yeah. So Jones, we're we're looking for a playoff start in each position that's not as obvious as you'd think. So whether it's Superflex Dynasty like most of us play, or whether it's in your redraft, these are guys that are either going to be available on waiver wise and redraft, or are sitting on your bench and you're looking at a player going, I don't know who to play this week at each position. Is there someone else I should be considering that I probably wouldn't normally, especially given playoff playoff week. Uh, there's a lot of tilting and start suit questions that traumatize us. So here are a few options um, that we probably yep. wouldn't conventionally think are layups to start, but for each reason, <laughs> Tom has decided <laughs> this is what we're going with. Yeah, and, and I don't mind it. I actually have Daniel Jones as my QB 13 on the week. Yeah. Um, so it, it's it's definitely not a terrible call there. Um, he, It's just going up against that Washington defense. They have not been – they've not been the greatest against the pass. And we know that that's not really Daniel Jones forte, but we also know he can get a little bit of rushing yardage in there, kind of get that floor up there. Um, And I don't think it'd be anything ridiculous. I don't know that he's, I don't know that he's actually going to, you know, win you a week or anything like that, but I don't think he's going to lose you a week. This this That's what I was going to ask with Daniel Jones. So he's had in PPR or our version of PPR, five consistent weeks over 20 points scoring, which is more than serviceable as a quarterback too. What is your expectation? Because it hasn't really mattered who he was matched up against. They played Washington only two weeks ago, and he put up 26, right? Had one one touchdown, uh, one rushing to, sorry, and a fumble loss as well. So he didn't have an amazing game, but he ran 12 for 71 on the ground. So what are your what are your expectations with a player like Daniel Jones um, heading into this week? Oh, we may have lost a co-host. Well, I'm going to talk about my expectations. I'd be expecting the same. 20-plus points is what we're looking for as far as Daniel Jones goes. Um, I think he's startable as your QB2, especially if you had a start-sit decision like a Geno um, Gino Smith. That was one coming up on Thursday Night Football that people were really concerned about. So I was just saying, uh, what are the expectations on a player like Daniel Jones uh, heading into the week? I'm expecting another performance of 20-plus points, which I'm, you know, I'm playing over a lot of other positions. I'm playing over a lot of other people as a QB too. What are your thoughts heading into this week on Daniel? What are you expecting? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, like I said, I, I have him as my QB 13. I, I, I don't love the, the high end upset, high end upside there uh, because the, the receiving options just aren't there. Uh, but Saquon yeah. Barkley's been you know, limited. Uh, you know, we don't know if he's going to have a, a full role there or what. Uh, you know, it could be a lot of dump offs to Gary Brightwell, which we saw last week, things like that. But I, you know, I think that you could easily be looking at like 18 points, you know, maybe 20 points, something like that. And, and yeah. then you know, you're going to be fairly happy with that, especially like I said, it's definitely not the best week for matchups. And I was looking at DFS, uh, like my DFS tool, and. I was just like, man, these matchups are terrible this week. Yeah, so, you know, 18, 20 points might actually win you a week. Who knows? Well, if, even heading into the week, so like Fantasy Pros for their weekly rankings had Geno Smith at QB12. He puts up 17. So if that's your marker as a top 12 quarterback for this week because of how bad the matchups are, 20 points from Daniel Jones is more than serviceable to be starting or streaming, depending on what format you're playing. 
Absolutely. And then Fly Nelly Fly wants to know Trevor Lawrence, Jared Goff, or Tyler Huntley to start this week. I I think, you know, it, it's getting really difficult to uh, to bench Trevor Lawrence with how he's been playing lately. Yeah. But man, that Dallas that Dallas matchup it's is tough. absolutely terrible. That's the only um, hesitation yeah. I have. Like I still have him as a top twelve quarterback this week, but it's because of the other matchups out there. Um, yep. You know. Could... Yeah, I really do. I mean, I think I, I have Lawrence pretty easily uh, over the other two. Goff has been killing it, but man, yeah. that Jets defense might be actually like the best in the game right now. And well, uh, you like... know, Dallas is really good, but man, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence has shown the ability to to move out of the pocket, move in the pocket, yeah. uh, get away from pressure, you know, things like that recently. Score um, score with multiple receivers, score with multiple skill options, score with his legs. Like he's he's doing everything we were hoping he'd build into being. Um, so he's also my pick for this week. I think Goff is interesting because um, with the loss of Mike White, a quarterback, does the ball get given back to Detroit more often? And does that help yeah. Goff? Possibly. But it also could just help their running game a little bit more. I'm hoping for a little boost to Swift and maybe Jamal Williams. But um, yeah, a little bit more It could just that. end just up being a low-scoring affair you know, for a everybody. A low-scoring affair, a shorter-timed game. Um, hopefully it, it doesn't impact uh, points too much. But, yeah, I'd be leaning Lawrence over the other two. I agree, and I, honestly, Huntley's not even really a factor for me. I, I, it's it's between the two, Lawrence and Goff, but uh, I, I would lean Lawrence as well. Uh, all right, let's get back into our uh, our tallies here. Who do you got for QB? QB for me. So I mentioned his name before as the man who stuffed his budgies on week one, um, but Matt Cryan Ryan is who I'm rolling with. Uh, Minnesota, I wanted to go with Russ Wilson because – We've trashed Russ Wilson, and I've been traumatized by him for a few weeks on the podcast, but he's been ruled out earlier today. So Ryan is the go. Um, am I confident in playing him over anyone near Daniel Jones? No. But if you are really, really concerned, don't have a lot as far as bench options go, or you've had a quarterback ruled out like a Russ, uh, as far as QB2 options this week go, you could do worse than Matt Ryan. Uh, Minnesota gave up the fifth most points to quarterbacks, and he has a fully healthy offensive uh, weapon Arsenal to choose from this week. So unless he's getting sacked, injured, picked 45 times in the game, there is a decent chance he scores more than 20 points this week. So he's a guy that, if you're brave enough, I would be okay throwing in my quarterback two position and in two spots I have to. So <laughs> by law, I'm having to be confident in this play. <laughs> yeah, I think that there's just been too many injuries. Like if you have Matt, Matt Ryan, you were playing him. I know people yeah. just lost Mike White. They thought that they had a, a you know a chance there. And then now he's out. And then now, you know, a, a lot of the Mike White managers did not have Zach Wilson. So it's not like you just go, oh, well, I'm going to throw Zach Wilson in there. And even then, can you trust Zach Wilson? Because Detroit's defense has been amazing lately. Um, yeah. So and I like definitely other, don't. Other pivots. Yeah. Other pivots I consider like Mac Jones, right? Has a great matchup against the Raiders. But he's got his two first wide receiving options out. Henry's hit and miss. We're not sure who the running back is, what the go will be. Like, it's just a lot more volatility. At least with Ryan, if he can put it together and they can protect him in the pocket, he has the upside of scoring at least something that's worthwhile. So, Yeah, I, I don't hate it. And like I said, you don't have too many options. You might not have another option as your QB2 this week uh, or you yeah. know, possibly your QB1 if you're, you're really hurting. Hopefully you can find a different QB1. But, if you just uh, scraped in the playoffs, yeah. like, oh, no, what's happened? Kyle has gone down now. But <laughs> Ryan started a quarterback. Like, hmm. Yeah, Minnesota has been giving up quite a few points to to the QBs, though. So I, I like the call. Uh, it's a good one there. Hopefully, uh, 
Pittman can get back to kind of doing anything because he hasn't really been Please. doing too much either. <laughs> oh god, what was it like two two to four fantasy points last time out? It was late in the game. It's just a nightmare. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So for running back, I have, or technically Tom originally had um, <laughs> Jet McKinnon, Jerick McKinnon. You know, I think that we just got done talking about Isaiah Pacheco. It's kind of the same thing. We talked about how same they do the little trick plays yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. And that could easily be the McKinnon thing. Uh, we know he gets big chunk plays. And so he can kind of make your week in one or two plays or, you know, something to, uh, to that effect. So I definitely don't hate the call there. And then we were talking before we got on here about how Ramondre Stevenson has not practiced at all this week, I believe. And Damian Harris has returned to practice. I believe he's going to get the start. If Stevenson can't go, that's going to be maybe not a smash play for Harris, but it might not be somebody that you're really thinking, you know, that's on your radar because he's missed a yeah, few right. weeks and, and things like that. And so, you know, while I'm, I'm not exactly in love with Damian Harris, the player, once again, there's a lot of bad, <laughs> bad teams, bad plays this week. And so you might need a, a player like Harris. Uh, I was trying to remember who the hell do, uh, does New England play? Uh, oh, oh, Vegas. Yeah. Vegas, you know, defense yeah, yeah. is just absolutely terrible. So you know, it's, yeah. it, I could easily see, like, I have Pierre Strong as the decent play, but that was kind of assuming that Damian Harris wasn't playing. So if Harris is playing, then I would just kind of switch all of that over stuff, all that stuff over to him. Exactly right. Yeah, and he's coming off 30-odd points as well in PPR leagues because Mahomes throws it to whoever he wants, whenever he wants. So all it takes is that one week and you have yourself a massive hit. And in this week where, especially if you've just missed out on a buy and you want that upside, if, you have, if you're hurting in any of these positions, you could do a lot worse than McKinnon or Harris. Um, for me, I went a little different and interesting. So Tom's not on. We'll go with a bit of Baltimore. J.K. Dobbins only played 43% of snaps last week, but he was building back towards being healthier, and he looked good. Uh, no Lamar. Huntley's banged up, so he's unlikely to be rushing a hell of a lot. The offense is far from unlocked, but Cleveland is the third easiest matchups for running backs and has been through the season. Last week, Dobbins got 15 rushes for 120 and a touchdown to finish as the RB10 on the week. So I'm not saying he's going to be startable, but flexible by all means. This is a guy who's just been sitting on your IR, or on your bench spot and you're not sure. If you are hurting at all at running back, you could do a lot worse than throwing J.K. Dobbins in there. Um, and I have a fair bit of confidence. I would definitely, I'm not going to say he's going to be top 12 again with all the guys back from buys. But if you're looking for an RB2 or a possible flex play with some upside and some touchdown upside against Cleveland, then J.K. Dobbins will be your guy for me. Yeah, we saw what he did last week. He looked the healthiest he's looked in uh, the longest time. Uh, I don't know. He even said, you know, after the game that he, he wasn't, you know, up to full speed and things. You could tell he's not quite there yet. But I just don't know if, the, if it really matters. You know, like they want to feed him the ball. They're not really giving it to, to too many other people. Although, you know, he only had a 43% snap share. So if anything, his his role could grow, you know, and, yeah. and then you're going to say, oh, this is even better. Um, I'm with you. It's probably more of a flex play. I don't feel comfortable with as like my RB1, RB2, that kind of thing. But yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but most of my leagues, you start like <laughs> four or five flexes. <laughs> Obviously, Absolutely. every league's different, you know, yeah. but even as your one flex, I could probably still feel pretty comfortable throwing them in there as well. In fact, I'm pretty sure I am um, in the yeah, home redraft league. Flex. I'm pretty sure yeah. I am playing GK Dobbins in my flex spot. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's that sort of week. <laughs> it is definitely that um now for wide receiver this one is is interesting uh tom had jacoby myers i love the player i love the call even 
I'm just not 100% sure that he's going to play because he's, he's only had limited practices. It's his um, second week coming off that concussion. So we know Parker's yeah. definitely out because he's in his first week by concussion protocol. But the second week out, Myers was a big – it was a big hit, and we don't know how players return from concussion to handle it. But you're right, he has been That's limited. Scary. He's still got to clear the protocol before they start. So this is one to keep an eye on. But I'm, I'm with you. I love this matchup against the Raiders. I love the pick of Jacoby Myers if he is playing. Um the question it's is, it's not like it's a not... leg or a knee or, or no, exactly right. Or he yeah, if he's healthy, back, he's you know. good to go. Um, right. If not Myers, my question to you is, who's the next man up, and would you play them with as much confidence as the guy I'll get to in a second? <laughs> yeah, I mean, are you talking about on the Patriots? Yeah, on the Patriots. Oh man, I honestly like they've had so much, so many injuries. <laughs> I I would right? say Nelson. I would say Nelson Aguilar, Nelson but Aguilar. I don't even know so if he's he, fully healthy. He's rising up waivers, but I'm not particularly confident. In Hagalor. Um no. <laughs> Hunter Henry was the name that was being thrown around this week. Because again, the Vegas matchup's nice. Um, but if we're not sure on the health of Jeff Myers, is there a player that we could throw into the same matchup? Possibly, possibly not. Um, but if he starts, what would your expectation be on a Jacoby Myers? Like again, flex flex uh flex potential, um, but ceiling floor, what would you expect and hope for a Jacoby Myers play if he plays? <laughs> Honestly, I, th- I think Mac has started getting more comfortable in this offense. I think the offense in general has started getting more comfortable. It's been kind of a shame uh, that Jacoby Myers has been in, out and, and not playing. Yeah. I really think that he could be in line for a big game against this Vegas uh, defense. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it seems kind of crazy. But honestly, I'd feel pretty comfortable if he's playing, of course. I'd feel pretty comfortable as like my wide receiver two uh, on yeah. the week. Yeah, um, I not think even between 15 and 20 points is probably like not yeah. under expectation. Like he could go yeah. eight for a hundred, you know, and a, a chance of a touchdown if this game He's had right. some big like, weeks this year too. He like, has, especially when he's been hyper-targeted. Mac likes passing towards him. Um, and as we said, this Raiders offense has giant holes a lot of the time. Um, so, yeah, if, he, if he's playing, I'm, I'm pretty confident. It's a good call from Tom, good call from you. It's good for the show in general. I think uh, we're clearly <laughs> on track with the wide receivers. Mine, I'm not so sure people were aware of because they're still on waivers in Dynasty, and I would have thought he would have picked up last week. But Chris Moore is the last man standing in a terrible Texans offense. We, we've seen this morning both Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins have both been ruled out for the week. Last more, more was last week. Moore was targeted 10, 11 times for 10 and 124 against a good defense in Dallas. So if that was the standard against Dallas, this week's matchup against the fourth most easy team in Kansas City, who we know are going to put points up, so they're going to have to pass. What could be the ceiling as far as just passing volume for Chris Moore? I don't know. But that's a player I'm interested in playing, at least in the flex position. But like you said with Myers, could easily be the wide receiver too for a lot of redraft teams if he's sitting there on the waiver wire. And if he's in your dynasty, go out and grab him now, at least to stop your opponent from putting him there. Because if Chris Moore scores 30 points against you in a playoff week, I will be in tears. So at the very least, put him on your bench, even if you're not going to play him. Beast Cat 220 agrees with you. Absolutely, it, Beast it's, Cat. <laughs> it's honestly like if you have not added him, if he was on your waivers, you've done yourself a disservice because, yeah, like you said, even if you don't, yeah, if you're not going to play him, at least block him from your opponents. Um, and this time of year, that's almost as important as who you're going to start is Absolutely. blocking other players. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I like the call. It is a little iffy because um, I believe yeah, Nico Collins still... is already out, like you said. But um, yeah, Brandon Cooks was also ruled out this morning. I oh, think. yeah, that's right. Brandon Cooks is yeah. out. So actually, you know, I don't even know if it's that iffy. I, I like the call. He, but it's still the Texans. He's so been. I will absolutely take iffy. Well, you know? yeah. I mean, 
as a flex. I'm not. I'm not saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm. I'm not saying that all of a sudden. This you know, isn't the new Tyree Kill. That's yeah. <laughs> right. But I mean, he has. He has had some solid games. I mean, and it, it's not like B. It's not like BS. Uh, you know, like two reception games or anything like that. Like he's actually getting full on targets. He's yeah. being a leader in that in that uh wide receiver core while those He's guys those, are gone those boring professional wide receivers who's been around a bit and can do a very good job if called upon but just hasn't had it, consistency in the past so but yeah. he's actually had a couple big games in the past. I remember, yeah. like you know, a year or two ago, I think he had like one or two big weeks like this. Or maybe it's just Houston in general. Like it seems like I'm trying to remember who the guy was, but there was a wide receiver a year or two ago. All of a sudden, had a two game blow up spell like this where he had 20, 30 points a week, and it was kind yeah. of crazy. But that's what you get with Houston. And and yeah, with, with Kansas City, it's a good matchup, so I, I like it. And then uh, the tight end from from Tommy T here is uh, Jawan Johnson, and I actually have Johnson. I, I was trying to scroll down to it. Um, I have Johnson as a top twelve tight end this this week, which isn't saying much, uh, but I mean that's at least shows that you know confidence. And obviously, it's probably the matchup against Atlanta more than anything else. But we've seen Johnson uh, having actually pretty good games you know not not consistent but at all but we you know we know when their matchups are there that he can easily go out Huge there and get you, weeks, you know, right? yeah. yeah and so this could be the week where you start Juwan johnson and he gets you 20 points and all of a sudden you have a huge leg up in your matchup yeah the only flag on johnson has been the ankle he's been banged up with the ankle and hasn't been able to play against san francisco or tampa bay then when they went on by so now back against atlanta he's coming up it's the fourth week off that ankle um there's not enough pass options outside of him and Olave in that offense that I don't think he has a bad week. It's just more a case of does he get up for this game? Keep an eye on that before. If he does, he's the guy. Like you said, as if you're looking outside of the ordinary for a top 12 tight end, not saying much, but he has had massive weeks uh, where he's a top five tight end. So if you're going to roll the dice in that slot, uh, you could do a lot worse than Juwan Johnson if he's healthy. Uh, same mentality. I went for the not-so-tight end quarterback Yeah whatever blend it is for New Orleans, which is Taysom Hill. Um, we mentioned before that <clears throat> Kamara was Tom's uh, budgie, quote-unquote, of the week. It's because of the matchup against Atlanta. Atlanta is terrible just generally. Um, Taysom Hill had a massive, massive week against them in round one. There were other conditions that impacted that as well. Um, but I would not be surprised in a divisional matchup if there's a lot more leaning on Taysom in that sort of, I don't know, whatever you call it, utility or... Um, inventive or ingenuitive role against them. Um, touchdown upside anywhere from zero points to 25 points for Taysom Hill would be the expectation. So mine's definitely more of a deep shot if you are absolutely lost for options. Uh, Johnson's the one I would prefer if he's healthy. Yeah, I, I, I like it. I like the call. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, you have Taysom there. So it's kind of iffy, but uh, yeah, yeah, no Taysom, you yeah, Kamara's there, you know so, that I mean, he has the yeah. weak winning upside, but it's it's always it's always a little iffy. And with Taysom, it's more just like you said, you know, maybe is he going to get more of the running back role, like that kind of thing. Yeah, if you're in a tight end premium league, I'm probably less in on Taysom just because there's no upside as far as passing uh, and receiving goes. Um, I'd much rather a pass catcher. Um, yeah, even a guy. Oh, who would you play? There really aren't many options as far as good matchups go. It's either a top guy or just take a shot on someone. So if it's not Everett or something like that, it's going to be John Johnson. I agree. Why don't we take a quick little break, and then when we get back, we'll get into our hard yaka of the week. It, it can absolutely crush you. And let me tell you, 
there's almost nothing worse than being like damn near undefeated, losing one game all year and you go out, you know, or losing two games, you miss the bye and you lose in your first playoff game to a team that barely made it in. Yeah. I mean, it's the worst feeling in the world. We, we talk all the time about the, any given Sunday of the aspect of the NFL right now, when, you play fantasy that any given Sunday is built into a lot of times when you're playing, you know, against another player that any given Sunday is built into 14 games across an entire week. So the level of like complexity that's added in on, you know, the worst team in the league could have an amazing game randomly. Mm -hmm. Like it just happens sometimes. Alrighty, and we're back, and we're gonna go ahead and dive into the hard yaka here in a minute. Am I saying? Am I pronouncing that right? Yaka. Pronunciation seems on point. It's a lot better than the uh, the other pronunciations I've been dealing with for Tom and whoever else was on and giving it a crack. But literally, it doesn't matter. Um, hard yaka, hard <laughs> yaka, had hard yuka, um, whatever you want to go with. It's just the hard work. It's the the questions that we have that we're not sure about. And we did a little bit of it, honestly, with Batoli. Um, Batoli's meant to be more light lighthearted and. Uh, I guess less statistically, you know, invasive and mind-consuming. Um, but the start-to-set decisions are massive and had been, and that's why we had to cover it off earlier. We're now looking at leagues where you may not have a trade deadline, and you're starting to ponder what do I do with some players and some pieces and dynasties as far as trades go, because um, we love a trade game uh, on the walkabout. So what we've done here is, if you don't have a trade deadline, these are guys that we are targeting before the trade deadline, or at least we're thinking about. Um, I've listed a few, and I'm going to probe it and ask a few questions of you as well, just on the spot, because there's so many guys that people prefer and are interested in targeting. The ones I put down are more questions rather than guys that I really want to target. Um, some are topical, some are guys that I think we've forgotten about a little bit, and some I've heard uh, utterings and, and conversations about uh, that there might be an opportunity to buy heading into next year, and I'm not sure that's the case. So we'll see how we go. So. Trade targets and trade game. Kyler Murray is the first guy I put down on the list. Um, why you can buy Kyler Murray is quite obvious. Um, He's now in AC hell. Um, but what can we do and what's good value? The boys on the Tuesday show talked about it a little bit. Um, what do you do with Kyler? Are you buying or selling? So that's my first question to you is, are you buying or selling Kyler Murray or are you a hold at the moment? It's so tough because I... It's tough. I I have uh, multiple leagues where I'm in the playoffs. I have one where I'm uh, in the bye. I have a bye this week with Kyler. Yep. And yep. then I have another league where I don't have a bye with Kyler. And so in both leagues, I'm going through and looking at the teams that are out of the playoffs. And none of them have QBs because there's so many, there's so few QBs that are actually viable right now. Yep. Um, so this might be the most difficult time to trade for a quarterback or trade away a quarterback because unless you're willing to just trade it for, you know, like I, I actually considered trading Kyler plus for like a Justin Jefferson for because one yep. of the one of the players in my league. Uh, has J. Jeff and they're not in the playoffs, which is crazy. Like, how does that even yep. happen? But the rest of their team is apparently pretty shitty. And um, you know, I considered month. that, and I actually have I, I have decent QBs depth. Um, yeah. I, I have I have Justin Fields, I have Jared Goff, I have Marcus Mariota, which isn't helping as much now, but it was all season long. I've I started yeah. Mariota quite a few times. There's a reason season, you're so. in the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I could make that trade. I don't 
A, I don't know if they would even make the trade. You know, that's the problem is, are they going to value Kyler enough to really make that trade? Or am I going to have to add so much to Kyler that now I'm real hurting my team for the future just to go ahead and, and win this championship. And that's when you have to really you know decide. And then if you're out of the playoffs, uh, I guess it's probably the perfect time to get Kyler because people are going to be panicking. They're going to be selling. So yes, I would be buying Kyler if I'm out of the playoffs. I'm not to my own horn, but that's not, I'm not out of the playoffs in too many places. Yeah, exactly. So I, yeah. And if you I'm not really Kyler, necessarily like looking to, year, so, yeah. but yeah, there, there are a few leagues though, where I'm definitely trying to, you know, look, you know, look and see if there's anything that I can make work. And we have a couple here that probably do make some, some sense, you know? Yeah. So this is the thing. So the boys on Tuesday, if you miss the main, the, the main show, if you miss the main show on the full tour network, go back and have a listen to it. Cause I did discuss Kyle and what they're doing with him. Um, but the concept of trading Kyler back to a lower a lower QB with pieces was discussed, and neither of the boys were particularly interested after that sort of 12th QB tier because there's a lot of, you know, ugh-ness, um, if that's a word. So the question is, who would you trade for as that piece? There was a discussion of, like, trade back to Carr and uh, add a huge, um, huge piece. You can't really play Carr. Like, you know, I mean, in your situation there, you're playing golf over him every single week anyway. So why would you bother trading for that piece? You'd rather package and look to buy the more right. expensive or, or the more high tier option and, and a Justin Jefferson. I actually don't mind that idea um, as a left field idea. If you've got the depth at quarterback and you want to sell off and get another key piece who is a top or first round option uh, as far as dynasty pieces go in a chase or a Jefferson it's not a bad bet. I mean, a lot of people heard a quarterback. A lot of people really, really want to go out and get one. And Kyler's been a guy whose value has always been high, but performance-wise and production-wise, it's kind of been middling. Um, it's not really heading in the same way as Lamar did this year, but it hasn't been the top three, top two that he's been priced at pretty much year in, year out since he's come in. So he's not a bad guy to move off if you can get back a tier. The trades we have here, Kyler in a late 21, a 23 first, or Herbert. So for most people, Justin Herbert, QB3 to QB5 in Dynasty, I would say as a general rule, that's where he's sitting at the moment. Similar tier to Kyler, are you trading away Kyler at, and a first to go and get Herbert? I guess it depends on your team. If your team is so set up, you're guaranteed a championship this, this year and all that kind of jazz, and you know that it's an older team, you can't possibly compete like this for years to come, uh, then maybe I'm going to go ahead and make that move. So let's say we're in your position, right? So it's your 23 first, you're on buy this week, so you're guaranteed a top four placement. It's 109 to 112, right? It's set. We know it's there. You've got Kyler Murray. You've just lost your quarterback. You know in a few weeks' time you're going to be pushing for this championship. Are you trading away that first in him for Herbert? Herbert has a good run in, through the playoffs. He has his, his wide receivers back, finally. What are we thinking? Because this is, it's a, it's, it seems like a sideways move, but you're going to have to pay a chunk to get a player like that to move off their roster. And the guy giving yeah, him up I mean, has to be in a position. Yeah, Herbert has, uh, you know, hasn't exactly been amazing this season either. Yeah, this is a good point. Yeah, for for fantasy purposes, and I'm not even trying to get into the like people are trying to make the stupid Tua versus Herbert arguments and all. Yeah, I'm yeah. not trying to make that. I'm That's, not talking yeah. about in the NFL. I'm talking about for fantasy purposes. He has not been amazing this year. It hasn't been. Although this is basically what I expected. He had a, a ridiculous amount of attempts last year. And I expected the attempts to come down and attempts come down. Fantasy points come down. That's just a pretty obvious thing. I didn't really expect them to have the like terrible lull in the middle, but I also didn't expect them to have broken ribs. So, you know, that, that kind of explains that away. Um, It's, 
it's not a terrible trade. I don't think I could bring myself to do it, but I'm also higher on Kyler than most people. I feel like yeah. this year has just not worked out for whatever reason. But I, when you see Kyler play, it seems like he has it. Um, yeah. It just hasn't Absolutely. really worked out and everything. So I would not want to make that trade. But that's what I'm saying. If you feel like you can still like the team that I have, Kyler, that you know that I'm, I'm I lost him. I'd rather just wait. I'd rather hold yeah. than lose this much value because they're basically in the same tier. And now yeah. you're adding a 23 first, albeit a late 23 first. But I just yeah. did on the Debbie pod or on my Debbie pod, I just did a 2023 rookie mock. I love the first round. I love those players. And so even, even a late player in the 2023 draft, I'm still going to be very happy with. And not to say that you can't come back from losing one player and that kind of thing, but uh, it was a very long winded way of saying, I don't like this trade just because I feel like you're losing way too much value. Whereas if it was maybe, I mean, if you're talking about Mahomes, if you're talking, this is exactly you know, where I was going to head is what what would the player be that you would do this type of move? And Allen yeah, and it, Mahomes for sure. I feel like would. I feel like even Kyler has dropped down, you know, to a, a lower tier. But I also feel yeah. like Herbert's dropped down to a lower tier as well. But then when you get into that Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes level, like that kind of thing. Now, of course, the problem is that who those players are probably in the playoffs, playoffs with you. Yeah, exactly right. And so, you know, of course you can't make that trade. So that's where it's going to be difficult is, you know, can you, Herbert is realistic because he has this his, his you probably yeah. can go get a yeah. Justin Herbert. So I, I like it. it. It is very realistic and it probably yeah. is what it would take right now. Obviously and, I would be doing exactly everything it. in my power to send yeah. two seconds instead of a first and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah. And this is why I was like, so when I was deciding what, what should the trade be discussed about Kyla B it's like, hang on, we've got a Debbie guy coming on. Like, you know, this guy knows the draft coming through. It's so easy to say, oh, you know, throw a first on top of blah, blah, blah. If you start putting names to that and you know vaguely what's going to be coming your way, it does change it a bit, right? If you can compete this year with a lesser piece and you don't have to go out and buy a player, like you said, with some production volatility like Herbert has had this year, and it's not just weak winning, beat down the door, Alan Mahomes destruction type piece, is it worth the risk or just keep the piece and, and then, you know, if you win, you win. It's it's all based on luck once you get to the playoffs anyway. Um, I, I'm of the same opinion. The trade, I could stomach this trade. I could see people doing it. But at the same time, I lean your way as well. As if I've got another option, I've done my due diligence throughout the year, I have other options that aren't just rolling out or having to trade away and go and buy a huge piece. Um, so I could absolutely see it happening. It has happened twice. I found two examples of something very similar happening out there. But I thought it was just a really interesting piece because it's very rare that you're going to get an Allen or Mahomes not in the playoffs as far as their team goes. Um, or it's also hard to access that tier with any player who's not super healthy or super attractive as well. So so that's one example as far as QB goes. The next one I want to move to is a wide receiver that's sort of fallen by the wayside but forgotten a little bit about. But as we go through the offseason, the questions pop up. Where do you put these guys back in? We, Tom goes on about often that there's thousands and thousands of wide receiver threes in Dynasty. So you can always narrative yourself into it. But a young guy who has had some decent production to start the year, even though it was a little hit and miss, was Rashad Bateman. Got injured, um, Lamar Jackson problems, Ravens offense problems, all sorts of stuff. But he's not active right now. He's fallen to the back of our heads. He's back healthy in theory next year. What are we doing with Rashad Bateman type? Where is he currently for you? And do we still hold hope for his value heading forward? Should we be buying Rashad Bateman? I I like the player and I like the talent. And this is where it gets difficult because usually you want to bet on those players. Um, yep. 
it, it's the situation. And, you know, the thing is, though, the situation could easily be changing. We have yep. no idea if Lamar is going to be there or not. Um, if anything, I might even lean towards Lamar not being there right now. And this isn't like my hatred for Lamar or anything no, like no, that. No, it's yeah. just being it's realistic. through the outcome possibilities, right? Yeah. It's like, what is the yeah. worst case scenario? Yeah. But he, I mean, but he's asking for max money. He's asking for the Deshaun Watson uh, in, contract. And they've already said, like, dude, we're not paying we're that. Not what yeah. from this season has changed their opinion? Because all they're doing is looking at him and going, like, hey, we were losing games with you. You know, like, why Why are we going to yeah. go pay you $250 million fully guaranteed? So I don't think anything's changed from their uh, avenue or their, their point of view. So if that's the case, then he's going to be going elsewhere. So now all of a sudden you bring in a new QB. Now there's the problem. What QB? Because the QB scenario in the NFL right now is just terrible. I mean, yeah. it, it's God awful. It's getting worse. And then there's only two truly viable QBs in this draft class. People, everyone wants to act like, oh, well, just, uh, you know, just draft a QB in the, in the, in the draft. Like there's yeah. only two. Yeah. The, the rest of them are shit. Quarterbacks, but like. Yeah, no, yeah, those two, yeah. but there's only two, and there's 32 teams, and there's probably 16 teams that need a QB. So every time a, a team needs a QB, you just go, oh, just draft one in the 2023 class. That's not how this works, and not, that's not so how any of this works. Stetson Bennett will not be rolling out as the Ravens quarterback next year. <laughs> I think Stetson Bennett, I don't know, he might be going back for like an eighth year. He might be going like back that. for like a 25th year in college, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with him, but yeah, yeah I – I really do so, think that people overestimate the, the yeah. talent level of some of these QBs and even like your Desmond Ritters, your Malik Willis's from this past year. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sad that Sam Howell and uh, Matt Corral weren't able to get on the field. Maybe how yeah. will, or yeah, maybe how will at some point uh, here pretty soon once Washington's out of the, the race, but yeah. you know, I, I, that part sucks, but even then like, they didn't get the draft capital you wanted and, and then they can't get on the field because they're buried behind somebody and you have a terrible coach that's going, we can win, we can do this. And and then they don't get on the field. Uh, it's a very long winded way of saying <laughs> Rashad Bateman is a good quality player. There's a lot up in the air uh, earlier in the season. He was way overvalued. Now he might be at a point where you can actually go get him for a decent price, um, especially once again, being that we're in the playoffs and things like that, where you can go send a player like an Iuke, which you have here, Brandon Iuke, for Rashad Bateman. Now, I, I hate one-for-one -one trades with the same position, so I do not want to make that trade straight up, especially the fact that Iuke is playing, Rashad Bateman's not like that kind of thing. I yep. want to send Iuke and get a third back, a, a, possibly a second yeah, something. back. At, yeah. send rescind or send Ayuk in a third and get Bateman in a second back like that kind of thing that's the kind of trade that I want to be making rather than just sending him straight so straight up. to straight yeah and I think it's interesting so like the whole the whole I guess takeaway for people who aren't sure what we're saying about the Ravens part is irrespective of the quarterback if you take that out of play or if you say let's say Huntley starts next year whatever it is is Rashad Bateman a viable target to trade for right now? Because process-wise in Dynasty, we know that buying young wide receivers before they break out and establish as studs is a very sustainable way to build rosters and roster depth as you go along. So there is definitely an opportunity in a window to buy who should be a talented and skilled and a very uh, only option on his team wide receiver. So the, whilst the opportunity is there, it's what are you buying for? And like you said before, the one I found that was a straight for straight was Bateman fire. One's playing, one's not. Debo's banked up. Ayuk didn't perform like they thought they, he would on Thursday night, but that's not to say that he can't put up, you know, difference-making numbers heading to the playoffs. So if not straight for straight, what are we looking for? How are we going to move on a Bateman? How are we going to get 
he shares on our teams because I guarantee the person holding him uh, is going to want some value. They're not going to take a second for a player like this because it's talent, but he's definitely not worth the 23 first, in my opinion. What do we do? You know, two seconds, again, they're probably not going to sell for that. So you're going to have to structure it, like you said, a like-for-like player and either a tier swap. Or if you're a win-now team and you're like, well, I've got a superfluous player on my depth chart that I'm definitely not playing. I want to get a, a Bateman share. What if you pull a win-now running back who only has this year relevance, you know? What if it's Latavius Murray? What if it's a whoever, a Zonovan Knight? These guys that we could pull as a piece to entice us. If we went Ayuk for Bateman and Zonovan Knight, does that more intrigue you as an option heading forward um, into the playoffs? Yeah, it doesn't really have to be anything per se. I just don't I, I don't like doing the one for ones just because yep. somebody has to lose. Um, yeah, we agree. This, you, this is yeah, it's part of the process, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, if you somebody has to lose that trade because somebody's going to be a better player, they're not gonna end up tying and you know and that kind of thing. So yeah, there's no I just like getting something back so that even if my side loses, okay, but I got a third. Okay, I yep. got you know Zonovan's knight, you know, like I, I got like players like that. That's when I start feeling uh, you know a little bit better about that kind of stuff. But and, and you're right. If you're talking to a player that's out of the playoffs, it's going to be very difficult to get Rashad Bateman right now. But if you're talking there's to no a player that's for them to move him, yeah. right? There's there's absolutely no reason for them to move that player. He's out. He's a you know they've spent a lot on him. That kind of thing. It's the players that are in the playoffs that have Rashad Bateman that you can work with. It. Send a Deontay Foreman and a second like that kind of thing. Yep. That's when you're going to yeah. be able to get uh you know go get a Bateman for that price. Those are the kind of deals that I want to be trying to make. If you know, if you're in that position, of course. Yeah, Bateman's a guy I haven't actively been shopping, but I also haven't heard a lot of talk about because players who aren't playing right now never really get the coverage they probably should as far right. as Twitter goes. It's going to be next year's draft class and what the hell do we do with our teams right now in the playoffs? So that's why I brought him up as an option. I mean, if you're listening and then you know you've asked about Bateman, have thoughts about him, we'd love to hear uh, what's going on out there with him because I'm. It's a piece I think we'll talk more about, even if it's just Tom bringing up more Ravens players later on, but we are going to talk about this sort of player heading into next season because it's going to be what do we do with him? Now is the time to start thinking about the kick because there's still a chance to do something with it while that value exists. The last guy I want to just quickly wrap up on is there was talk about players that we perennially undervalue in, in Dynasty, or at least I have, like a Tony Pollard, right? Sitting behind Zeke, they paid Zeke a lot of money. The narrative and the talk was real from the Cowboys that we are not going to, you know, Zeke's that guy, he's going to be there, he's always going to steal the goal line stuff. Pollard's more talented, we can't hold the workload, blah, blah, blah. doesn't matter. They found a split that works right now. So not only is he an acquisition for the rest of this season, but, you know, he looks good for at least the next couple of seasons, possibly. My mindset on that hasn't really changed a hell of a lot, except for the fact that he is now highly relevant and is dominating regularly. While I was like, well, okay, well, you know, let's go and see what he's worth. The problem is you've got to pay at least a 23 first or another established runner like a Nick Chubb to get this done. What are you doing with Tony Pollard, or is it a bit of a, mm, if I don't have him, it's way too late to go and get him? What's your vibe on where he's at value-wise, and is it worth buy, holding, or selling, or is it just a case of whoever has him, has him? Well, Tom Lee, you've known me forever, uh, clearly, and you know we obviously you know I hate to tune my own horn, uh, but I made a trade about uh, six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, something around there, and it was right around the time of uh, – of the Elijah Moore discourse where people were like, yeah. all right, well, we love Elijah Moore, but mm -hmm. you know, like, but yet he's not quite producing that kind of thing, but he still held a lot of value. Yeah. I traded, like yeah. Yeah. I traded Elijah Moore for Jared Goff and Tony Pollard. 
in a super flex league. <laughs> so I, um, I'm pretty sure I'll have to look it up. I'm pretty sure that was the entire trade. There might've been like a third involved or something sure. like that, yeah, but yeah. It, it, that, that that's basically it. But I mean, that's, that's the kind of trade that you wanted to make back in the past. You cannot make that trade anymore. It's just Ooh. not, it's not a thing. Uh, but I just wanted to quickly run over that one because. Absolutely. That's a, but that's it, right? These, these are things. If we can take this mindset and be thinking about this um, proactively into next year, always be thinking, what are some players that I can get off my roster for guys I like more or with the piece that I can use as well. Like that structure of trade is ideal. Both of these guys could be positive. At the very least, Pollard's got good floor, especially if Zeke goes out. Um, and you're adding Goff, which helps as far as QB depth goes. So the structure of the trade is perfect. Um, what do you do now? Can you get him? Is it worth it? What's the point? I think I want to do the same. The reason why I brought up the trade wasn't truly mm. just to toot my own horn, but it was to to show to an example of what I might be looking to do and to toot my own horn. But the... I think I would be looking to do something similar with this draft class that we just had. You know, okay. who are the players that maybe have gained more value than you truly believe should have? Like a George Pickens. If you have George Pickens, trade him for Tony Pollard. And, you know, like people might do that. I'd say a lot of people would do that straight up. For you are, that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, there's people that think he's the wide receiver one in this class, and there's people that, you know, don't necessarily love him. But um, I think that's somewhere where you could be very close right from the beginning. And yeah. then you can, you know, make something work from there. Um, or even, you know, maybe somebody like a Tommy T still believes in Sky Moore and you can add a little bit to Sky Moore to go get a Tony Pollard. Sky yeah. Moore is, is dead. Like he's dead. <laughs> he's dead. And he he can't even get on the field when they don't have receivers. Like Juju was hurt. MVS was hurt. Tony's hurt. Nope. <laughs> no Sky Moore. Uh, that's not to say that he can't ever do anything. I mean, obviously, yeah. but we're talking about the chances or the odds at this point are just so much lower, but yeah. somebody, somebody fell in love with sky Moore in the draft process. And you might be able to take advantage of that sky Moore in a second, go get you Tony Pollard, that kind of thing. That's what I would be. I feel like the, the rookie class is always the easiest to play with. And that's why I used Elijah Moore because he gained so much value at the end of the season yeah. that I knew people are in love with this player. And I like Elijah Moore too. So I'm not trying to say that I, I was just trying to fleece people. No, I didn't feel great about process. trading him away, yeah. but yeah. it it's just more that I felt like his value went beyond what I felt his value should be. And that's when yeah. you start, you know, that's when you start dealing those players. I love that. I think that could be a really good poll for this week as well. We'll see how it goes throughout Pollard for a few different options, especially in this draft class. But yeah, otherwise, as far as uh, Dynasty goes, if you've got any last thoughts on players that possibly you're interested in buying, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm the biggest DJ Moore fan in the world. Uh, I will always buy DJ Moore, you know, especially now because he's probably at the lowest value he's ever yep. been at. People hate him. People think he's absolutely terrible. And, you know, it's, just, it's so easy to go get him right now. Uh, I mean, honestly, I don't think you have to send a 23 first for him. I, I don't. I, I really don't. I think you might be able to send two seconds for him. Um, and that is amazing. Matt Corral is a very good QB. And or they have an early pick and they can go get one of those QBs. They actually have a legitimate shot of getting one of those top QBs. It's not like I'm not saying the team that has the 18th pick. Oh, yeah, they're going to go get one of those best QBs, that kind of thing. But on top of that, I love Matt Corral. I don't think that they're going to draft a QB. I think that they'll be perfectly fine without it. Um, So either way, he's going to have an upgrade from what that and and they're going to get a different head coach. Everything's going to change things. I hate to say it, but things cannot possibly get worse for DJ Moore 
and or for that offense. And, and still so, young, still hyper talented. Yeah. He's exact. I mean, we see the talent. Like even yeah. this year, as terrible as that offense was, you see the big blow up games. You see the amazing catches in the end zone at the last play. People start thinking PJ Walker's a good QB. He's a terrible quarterback. It's DJ fucking Moore. Hey, don't get wrong. Like, you have to give him PJ Walker's a good QB. This is yeah. I mean, his he... team is starting him again. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I have to give him credit for that throw. That, that was a hell throw, of a throw. Yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't make him a good QB. That just makes it a hell of a throw. Um, yep. But it was a hell of a catch. And, and DJ Moore is just a stud and so um yeah i guess that's the one that i harp on um yeah. other than Play that a second two seconds start shopping around see what you can get yeah yeah i mean other than that i don't know i i feel like Devonte smith is perennially at this point underrated even though he's becoming a true stud like tony pollard of wide receivers like yeah he's so... sitting behind a sexy one it's there's a lot of running in that offense and yet but we haven't seen AJ Brown that yeah, like we haven't seen AJ Brown be fully healthy for a very long time. This has probably been the healthiest he's ever been. And I'm I'm not wishing anything, you know, any, any bad luck on him or anything, but at the same time, if he misses time, Devontae Smith could truly break out and truly be yeah. a stud. But even right now, he's not that far off from what AJ Brown's doing. And yet AJ Brown is considered the wide receiver three, and Deva- Devontae Smith is considered the wide receiver twenty or something like he's, that. It just he's it doesn't seem me to make sense. Like a Tyler Lockett when the Seahawks are up and running, like a hell of a because he's always the number two guy on the team. No one's thinking about him. He seems affordable, but the weeks where he booms are thirty-three points. You know, these are like week changing weeks, which you're not getting in that price range. So, I like him as a, as a call as well. The key is the price and what you can get. Um, a lot of people have pieces in front of Smith. They would have paid a first a few years ago, so the acquisition price will be interesting. But I like him and yeah. DJ Moore both as buyers for sure. It's- yeah. Devonte Smith is probably more of a buy high yep. than you know, like them. Whereas DJ Moore is literally, price, sort of, yeah, 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 or yeah. buy at price. But I, I think it's it's buying high, but or buying at price, knowing that he's actually more valuable than that. More value than yeah, cool. I love it. Absolutely. Do you have any, do you have anybody you wanted to throw out there, or or was it Tony Pollard? <laughs> no, t- I mean, like these are the guys that sort of came to mind of like who haven't I thought about a hell of a lot. Um, we also talk a lot weekly about players we're looking to acquire and not um it's more a case of i'd love to hear who are some players from the guys out there listening who they're questioning you know is there an opportunity to buy here who am i interested in um you mentioned matt corral even that as a as a throwaway you know throw a fourth or a third or whatever it is someone's directional throw you know the jerick mckinnon or the running back who's only relevant for the rest of this year and go and you know put matt corral in your ir i also was hired before the priest before the season um, probably higher than it should have been after the draft gap, but we'll see. You know, he's going to get an opportunity, hopefully, once the foot's better, to get out there and, and have a crack at it. Um, worst case scenario, you lose yourself a player who could have pushed for, you know, your flex option in two weeks' time. Best case, you might get yourself something special. So those are the sort of pieces I'm looking for. Anyone who, from the last draft class, has an opportunity to get out there and, have, and give it a go. Um, the only example of that that doesn't count is Jameson Williams, because for some reason, like Tom says, he seems like he's priced higher than he was at the draft and he's not played anything but, you know, a few snaps. So um, yeah. anything of that sort of mindset where you're like, oh, I'd like to roll the dice on that sort of guy and to see what happens. Um, they're the guys that start probing and asking questions about and either getting them as throw-ins in trades, um, like you said, those value adds where you're trying to swap players around or just see what the player, see what the manager's doing with them. Because I guarantee a lot of these guys have fallen to the backs of people's minds and they're not actively going, oh, what should I do with this piece? Because it's not relevant to them right now. And playoffs are not a bad time to capitalize on that because people's thoughts are somewhere else. 
Yeah, I love the crowd call. I probably, I mean, I guess I technically brought up his name. I, sh- I probably should have mentioned his call. name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but also Sam Howell is another one. Mm-hmm. But then there's some other players like uh, you know, like a Marcus Mariota that just technically lost his job to Desmond Ritter. But he didn't really lose his job. It was just that the team has nothing to play for. Let's see. We just drafted this guy, like that kind of thing. We have to see. Marcus yeah. Mariota could easily get that job back once they realize that Desmond Ritter's actually garbage. Or, you know, he could go somewhere else. But players like that, you can get for so cheap because not only did he just lose his job, he lost but now he's on IR. Year, yeah. 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 And, and so, and so like now he can't play. And so he's completely valueless to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I actually, um, I'm checking my waivers to make sure that people in dynasty, to make sure that people didn't yeah. actually drop Marcus Mariota. Because that's the but thing with the player. Go when they go on IR, they're probably not going to get dropped by the owner. That's they true. That's be true. absolutely worthless, right? So these are the guys, like you said, it could be nothing. Send Fab. People think they're going to pick up something off the waiver wire for the next few weeks. Send Fab for Mariota, and you might get yeah. something. Like, this is possible it, too. It's 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 very plausible. And the thing is, we just Mariota. see what happens. We just talked about how uh, you know how like how bad the QB situation in the NFL is right now. Like I yeah. said, Marcus Mariota could easily go to another job. You know, a, a, a Baker Mayfield, like players like that that have just completely so much stank on their name but yet they are scoring fantasy points, you know, or have scored fantasy points this year. Those yeah. are the kind of players you want to go get for absolutely cheap because like, I just had somebody reach out to me for Baker Mayfield this week. And, you know, they try to send me like a fifth. I'm like, okay, you know, no, thank you. You know, like, it's yeah, completely for pointless for me to do yeah. that. Yeah. So it's just, but those are the kind of players that you want to go ahead and get. And I know, you know, if you go to any kind of marketing class or anything like that, they always tell you, do the ad reads right at the end of the show. Uh, you know, that's when the, the viewers are the most most engaged most and all engaged, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So right now I'm going to go ahead and do our underdog read. And you, <laughs> what a you know, segue. if you listen, to, <laughs> what a segue. <laughs> exactly. So if you know the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast, you listen to the major podcast, the, the main podcast, I should say, then you know they do their pickums every week where they do the, you know, the players that, that they're you know buying higher or overs and unders, all that kind of stuff, whether it be touchdowns, yardage. You too can jump in and, and get on underdog, get a hundred dollar promo match, or I'm sorry, hundred dollar uh, deposit match by using the promo code full tilt on underdog fantasy, using our promo code full tilt on underdog fantasy. Go do your pickums. Listen to the, the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast to see who they're picking so you know who to play, and then everybody can win money. But the best part is you get the free money by using our promo code. And on that note, why don't we get uh, some parting thoughts, and then we'll go ahead and get out of here, Tom. Yeah, man. It's about time for an Aussie slang. Um, I'm just pulling it up to make sure I don't uh, butcher it. Be awkward. Have you ever heard the phrase two-pot screamer? No, I've definitely not. Yeah. So... Two pots. So pots are pots a measure of beer and alcohol over wherever you are. You heard the term of pot, yeah. So two pot screamer is essentially someone who gets pissed really, really quickly. Um, two pots and they are just off their chops. They are off. Okay, so a lightweight. Yeah, lightweight, right? So like a two pot screamer, it just sounds fun. It's a nice little one, especially around the merry time of the year when uh, you know your uncles are drinking a little too much around the family. Uh, there's a few two pot screamers out there, and that is one that I just want to throw trivia to cheer and a funny one to go on for the rest oh, of the week. It's the perfect time, the holiday season, all that kind of stuff. Perfect time to learn that Aussie slang. I love it. Uh, I love learning the slang there, and I know Tommy T loves that stuff too. He he, he gets off on that stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little too into it, possibly. 
<laughs> possibly, possibly, possibly a little too into it. But the dude also sits in his in his cocoon in his room for like 28 hours a day. So, you know, he, he, he needs to get out a little bit more. <laughs> With an alpaca toy. Yeah, it's a whole thing. <laughs> absolutely this was a lot of fun tom lee I, I think we gave out some actionable information hopefully you guys enjoyed it um beast cat i did not see your question from earlier but we'll talk about it real quick before we get out of here yeah, uh he also asked have you guys discussed your projection for damian pierce this week i know that he's been he's out <laughs> yeah he's yeah. out so yeah. uh, we don't really need to talk about him uh, he talked about a potentially negative game script yeah it doesn't matter he's out so um yeah i read that on the way we, we have like, not oh, discussed right. that but we're going to discuss that but yes yeah it, had he had he actually been playing, it would have been a good question because yeah. I bet I bet there's quite a few people that would have been relying on Damian Pierce. It probably helped them by him not playing because I think it would have been a rough game anyway. I was going to say, so I guess the question now is who is the next man up? Because uh, I don't know. Rex Burkhead. Um, it is Burkhead. Okay. Yeah, I think it's I think it's Burkhead, and then they called up somebody. I'm trying to remember. Uh, I, they, so look, I think they picked somebody. Yeah, Dare. Yeah, yeah. Goomba so Sexy Rexy there. or Dare choices against the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. I'm I, sure I'll be rolling think, either of them out of my flexes, but um, Chris Moore. I hope that you guys have better options than that. Let's just put it that <laughs> <Yeah>. way. <laughs> but on that note, let's go ahead and get out of here. And this time I'm actually going to remember because on the full tilt Dabby pod, every once in a while I have to run the controls and I never actually hit the outro. But this time I'm going to go ahead and re- well, remember right. to hit that. Thank you so much for listening to episode 190 of the Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast Network, brought to you by Fantasy Points and Underdog Fantasy. I'm your host, Dynasty Coach A. For Tom Lee, we're going to go ahead and get out of here, and we will see you next week. See you guys. Cheers, guys.